0: Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. Tom Gilson, senior editor of The Stream, chief editor of True Reason Christian Responses to the Challenge of Atheism author and host of thinking christian blog much more to his credit and he joins me now to talk about this horrific event tom uh, it's been a while since we've chatted but thank you my friend for joining me
1: thanks for having me on the show it's good to talk again don Uh,
0: this latest event horrific indeed quite literally very close to home to you personally Uh, what can you tell us about that part of it first
1: yeah, it it feels so different. And you, you hear about these things going on around the country, and you go, "That's awful." But when you know the the shooter probably drove within a mile of your house to get to the to the shooting site, um, when you can walk to the restaurant he used to work at, um, when we were within a thousand yards of his home, when my wife and I were taking a hike on a Saturday afternoon in a park near there. It just feels a whole lot worse. It, it's it's people, it's neighbors. Even though I don't know any of the victims, it's still neighbors. It still matters more somehow. It, it's very painful.
0: And you mentioned that, uh, and I hadn't thought of this, it really has to have an impact on the news reporters, television, radio, and other media uh, groups that have to cover these stories. But you mentioned that, uh, I think you put it this way, local TV reporters are a mess.
1: Yeah, some of them were and you know one of them said this is hard to do while you're grieving. And uh some of them you could tell were grieving, others were were maintaining a more even keel. There's a mix, but it's going on and, and of course you know, these are these are people who lived in Dayton forever and it's their town. It's it was pretty much downtown where this happened. Talk
0: about the prayer vigil. I mentioned that uh earlier in the uh a show setting up our visit here quickly uh, that it really was a prayer vigil. But someone apparently wanted to turn it into, I suppose, some challenge, political challenge for the governor. What yeah. happened there?
1: Yeah, it, it started off great. There was so uh, I mean, they, there was a. uh Jewish, and then a Christian, and then a Muslim clergy offering prayers. There were words of appreciation for first responders. Our mayor here spoke, and then Governor DeWine got up to say some words, and he was trying to get something through about the the pain of, of some loss he'd experienced in his own life, and you couldn't hear it because people started chanting do something, do something, do something. And apparently some people in the crowd were trying to calm others down, but it but it overcame DeWine's uh, complete uh, words. He, he just kept on going, but it was all do something, do something. And we know what they wanted, of course, which was you know, they want him to do gun control as if that would have been the answer.
0: And that's uh, the default position for much of the country, at least those on one side of the political spectrum, if you will. Those on the left invariably go that direction and uh, have again across the country this time. And in fact, I think you verified that in terms of your own telecasters, your own newscasters on TV, uh, uh, basically interpreting that's what was being said, right?
1: Yeah, that was their approach to it, and that's what you expect. And, you know, when the emotions are so raw, people are going to want something, and and I get that. But I'm speaking as someone who's feeling the hurt right now, and, and what I'm feeling is annoyance at the simplistic answer. That they think is going to be, yeah, you know, gun control plus some psychological monitoring, and that'll solve it. No, it's it's far deeper than that. It has to do with the way we're building our communities now. It has to do with, well, uh, you know, the way we're connecting with one another. It has most of all to do with how we're connecting or not with God. And and gun control is just a, it's a it's a it's a nap that I wish we could that I wish we could swat so we could work on the real problem.
0: Well, let's talk about what is the real problem, because you identified, I think, in your column, we don't need gun control, we sure do need something else. And I couldn't agree with you more, and I have been saying the same for years. In fact, just at the outset of this hour, I said our real problem is a God problem. Uh, and uh, we as a nation are paying a dear price for it. But talk about your own response to what we really need in this country and kind of flesh that out, if you would, from your perspective.
1: Yeah, I mean, the problem is a problem of hate. And one of the speakers said we have to disempower hate. But you don't just go after hate by saying, let's take your power away. You have to put something in its place, which is the real thing, which is love, not tolerance, but love, Love like God loves, love that can unite people who disagree, who can get people to get along, who who otherwise wouldn't get along, love that's supernatural. We used to have—that um, that wasn't everybody, that wasn't everything in the United States, but it used to be more of us, and, um, and people would get along uh, in spite of their differences. Because they knew something about caring for one another, no matter what. Because we're neighbors, we, we've even lost the sense of we're neighbors. It's all this intersectionality that says we're, we're we're different. It magnifies our differences, and we've got to be, we've got to return to love the way God meant it, which has to happen the way God means it to happen through Jesus Christ.
0: Which puts the onus, the burden, if you will, more than anywhere, not on the politician or more laws or even the president. It really, in my view, puts the burden on the church to do its job of sharing the gospel. What do you think?
1: I think so, and I think that the church has gotten cowed. We've gotten we, we, we're, we're getting we're diving into our own. Um, bunkers, so to speak, because the world is telling us that if we try to speak the truth in love, it's impossible. We've got to recover the confidence that if we speak the truth, we can speak it in love, in real love. And And, we've we've lost that. And we
0: have to accept the fact that uh, even when we speak this way, there are those same Folks, usually the same ones on uh, the left side of the aisle, uh, who will mock our um, our efforts in this regard. And as a matter of fact, in recent times, there have been a couple of high-profile politicians who, when uh, these events have happened and there have been calls to prayer they 've mocked that, you know, and said uh, you know, we don 't need prayer, we need laws, we need uh more for example, more gun control and and this increasingly right. cynical and secularized culture simply means we have to understand that 's the kind of pushback we 're going to get, but prayer still works
1: it has to if if it doesn't work, then god isn 't true i 'm committed to the fact that God is for real, that God still answers prayer i 'm not." I'm not saying I figured out how he's doing it because this is kind of confusing from where I sit. I trust that he knows what he's doing. Um, speaking of politicians, to his credit, Tim Ryan, Democratic uh, presidential candidate, spoke and did not make it political. I was so grateful for that.
0: And uh, at some point, I don't know how we get it done, but at some point, uh, the media has such power over a good portion of the people's thinking. And we really need some responsibility as opposed to this, as we've already said, this default uh, position to which they run quickly. Talk for a moment uh, about what you've just basically said, that gun control is ludicrous on its face because of why? Why is it really not the answer? Well,
1: we know empirically it's not the answer. We know that where there is the most gun control, we have the most gun violence. You can look at cities like Chicago, and um, that's example number one. We look at the rate of gun ownership and the rate of violence in the United States. There's no correlation. It's not that more guns equals more violence. There just isn't any scientific reason, any sociological reason to believe that gun control would solve the problem. And the data keeps adding up. Um, it's theoretically, to me, it makes no sense. But for those who disagree with that, it, it seems like the data ought to be somewhat more convincing than it is.
0: And uh, I'd say bottom line, I know you would uh, be able to speak to this as well. Uh, These young people, uh, most of them quite young in their 20s or whatever, who uh, perpetrate these horrific events, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. In some cases, they've been, those have been bubbling under the surface for years, which goes back uh, perhaps to uh, failure to deal with those uh, psychological and other emotional issues early on. And also the fact that I think many of them, when you trace their upbringing, they are fatherless in terms, uh, either in fact or in terms of uh, uh, any influence of a, of a godly or a good father. Uh, so is there something mm-hmm. there?
1: Right, and there's a lot we don't know yet about the local shooter here, Connor Betts, but he was suspended twice from high school for um, making rape lists and and hit lists or kill lists. You know that's enough. There's a lot we don't know, but we know that, and that's plenty. Somebody should have seen that and done more than just suspended him from high school. He should not. This is where gun control makes sense. He should not have been allowed to own a firearm.
0: Well, there's a lot more to be said, and that will be said, Tom, but uh, I think you and I both agree the real focus ought to be on the healing that the Lord Jesus can bring, that the gospel can bring. And I say this can be the church's and the Christian's finest hour if we're not intimidated and just in love, stay with the truth.
1: Right. And the way I close my article here, I I, I was talking about that we need Jesus, and I said that's not a political answer. Generally, I'm okay talking about politics right now, though. I'm sorry. I'm not in the mood for that. We need Jesus. God help us all. Couldn't
0: be better said. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today.